Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport is taking its football coverage to new levels in 2019-20 with Game Day on Saturdays bringing you three live and exclusive Premier League commentaries hosted by Reshmin Chowdhury, Adrian Durham and Laura Woods and with commentary from me, Sam Matterface, Nigel Adley and Clive Tilsley. This season is going to be our biggest yet. And to make sure that you're fully prepped, we decided to bring you the only Premier League podcast that is going to give you in-depth analysis of all ten games each week. I'm joined by a cast of serious football thinkers and... Tom Rennie, the uh, TalkSport International Editor. All right, Tom. Thanks, mate. Uh, Each week, we're going to bring you the Game Day Preview podcast. You can subscribe right now via iTunes, Acast, Spotify, the works, and we would absolutely love you for it as well. Um, We also want you to help us make this even better week by week, so just tweet us your thoughts if you've got anything we want to hear from you, at Sam Matterface on Twitter if you want to get involved. This week, we've got a man who has played for Feyenoord, for Watford, Wolves, Wimbledon, West Ham, Leicester, Wigan, Sunderland, Saints, Pompey and Oxford, and most importantly, a striker who has played in the World Cup last 16. He's played for Ireland. It's Dr. David Conley in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, well, I mean, if your side has a problem, I can diagnose it and prescribe the medication. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Right, this... Uh, OK, this podcast is about one thing, football matches, and how you can be fully briefed ahead of the weekend. And we kick off with an absolute corker. know how fine the margins are in football mm. if you get too up when you do well or if you get too down when you it's a mental game it's all in the head and we didn't handle the ups and the downs well enough we know that it might be down to as I said before uh, mental tiredness because uh, I think it was a draining season for everyone cuts it back then Conte brilliant once again from you know who Eden Hazard and N'Golo Conte says thanks very much. The opportunity to manage, having played here, having felt the club, uh, to manage this place, this club, these fans, these players, uh, was huge. Pogba's there, taps it in at Stratford end, and it's 3-1 for Manchester United. Pogba, oh yeah baby. Game Day Podcasts from Talk Sport. Premier League Preview Show. What a way to start as well. Two sides that used to fight in their respective gaffers day for a 
title. But now they're just clambering for a place in the top four. No doubting the story of the match, though. The United boss, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, welcoming along Frank Lampard, his first game as a Premier League manager. I think it's really intriguing, actually, that people are so down on these two guys. That They're multiple trophy winners, serious professionals as players. I'm well aware, obviously, that the experience is limited in the dugout. But if you think that these two guys who eked every single ounce of potential out of their playing careers are coming in for a bit of fun and a knockabout and haven't thought about their plan seriously, you're the one that's naive, not them. They had a disastrous, we know that, last seven games. However, the, the signing of Maguire I think is really important. Wambasaka will have an impact. Now, if they can cut their goals against, if they can keep their goals for similar to what they had last season, which I think they will, they are going to be there or thereabouts. So they'll have enough. I think they're going to have more than enough with Martial through the middle, Rashford out wide to trouble this Chelsea defence. I really do. There's talk that maybe, I don't know who's going to play at the back, whether Louise is going to be fit. Obviously, there's doubts about Rudiger. Oh, so Rudiger won't play that. That's He's right. their best defender. That's right. So there's, there's a few chinks in their armour. And I think Chelsea and Frank Lampard are still finding their feet. They weren't particularly great against Borussia Mönchengladbach in their last preseason game. Symptomatic of, at times last season, started slowly, they were 2-0 down, could have been even worse. In the end, they came good. Now, I'm not saying they're going to play like that here, but obviously they're going to Old Trafford, which would be tough for them. And I think, actually, this is going to be a really difficult game because I think United, certainly at the back of, of tightening things up, they've got, I think, one of the best goalkeepers who can do everything you want a goalkeeper to do. And I'm not sure, for example, that Kepa is that keeper. He's already shown pre-season. He's not great at playing out. I'm not sure he can play the way Frank wants to play. So this will be interesting. There'll be at least five changes from the team that faced Chelsea in April. I think they'll press a lot higher up the pitch. But they'll get pressed as well. They've got a lot more energy in this Manchester United team than they had last season. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if you saw the AC Milan game in pre-season. Did you see it when they were trying to play out from the back? Mm. And Milan squeezed up and they scored from that. Maybe that's a recipe for success uh, for Chelsea. The worry area for me for Manchester United is actually in midfield. They play 4-2-3-1 in there. And Matic is likely to start. Now, I spoke to him last uh, week. I went, went to see it up at Carrington. And uh, he told me this. So this is my pre-season, I think after three years. Uh, I feel better, of course. Uh, it's different when you do pre-season and when you start the, the, the league without any training, like I did last two years. So Do you think that affected your form? Of course, of course. Uh, last season, I had, as you know, I had a sur- surgery. Mm. Then I start to play uh, games with few, just a few trainings. Easy, easy light sessions. So uh, you don't feel in the beginning that, but in December, January, <laughs> it's, when it's cold, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. So me personally, I feel much better physically, stronger. So hopefully this season we can do we can do much much better than last season. I've got a question for you: McTominay and Matic, Matic or Pogba, um, McTominay and Pogba. Which the combination well, that you would choose? Yeah, I mean, look, he did struggle McTominay without Pogba beside him. So unless Pogba's fit, I think they are going to struggle in there. So uh, Matic not mobile enough. We know that. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed for United fans. They'd want obviously Pog and, and McTominay in there. I got a feeling though the key player for here and he played well against Chelsea three times last season is Juan Mata. Mm. As long as he's fit and he's in there that chief creator they'll have a chance and they've got certainly got the players to hurt this Chelsea side they really do. 
What's the combination in midfield for you? Pogba and someone. We know it's going to be Pogba and somebody in there. Um, the players listed. Look, I, I know you, you spoke to Nemanja Matic and he blamed injuries. I think his, his form tailed off even before Manchester United bought him. A, a brief flourish when they first bought him uh, doesn't make him the player he was four or five years ago. I think he needed replacing. Herrera's a massive loss as well. If he was still at the club, I think I would have started him in this game. Um, I like Scott McTominay. I really, really do. I want him to play football. And I think it'll be interesting if he does start this weekend. That's going to be such a vote of confidence for someone who's so young and so talented to start in that midfield. I would like to see it being McTominay and someone for the first four, five, six weeks, certainly for this game. And look, they're building this team around Pogba again. We know that's a failure. We know it's not going to work. So I think a bold call would be McTominay, maybe Matic, defensive pairing. Uh, and move Pogba further forward or get rid of him entirely. They don't want him. They don't want to build a team around him. So why play him? My, my response to that is that I don't think Chelsea have the players where United need to hold him in full players. I don't think they do. So obviously we know Hazard's gone. There's still question marks. Kante might not be fit. He's only played 20-odd minutes, hasn't he? I'm not sure that really they're going to cause as many problems or pose as many problems. Hudson-Odoi's out. We know Pulisic has been in good form, but who are they going to play as a number nine? A mobile number nine? It looks like Tammy Abraham or Giroud as, a, as the big target man. Either way, Can't start I'm, Giroud, not, can I'm not sure they need two holding with full players against Chelsea. Chelsea's- Certainly not at home. And, and first game of the season at Old Trafford. Chelsea's biggest issue is going to be goals. Abraham gets the nod at number nine. We know he's got the shirt. Barkley's played more minutes than anybody else in pre-season. Uh, scored pens galore. But, and it's got to be a big season for him. I just can't see how you get him and Mason Mount into the same team. Pedro's going to be a big player for Chelsea this year, no doubt about it. He and Pulisic are going to have to chip in right from the very start. Hit the ground running. Pulisic in particular with goals because finding the 16 Premier League goals and the 15 assists left behind by Edin Hazard is, is like searching for the wee Belgian in the gym. Difficult to find. <laughs> it is. And at times last season, obviously, they had no number nine. They were playing with, with Hazard as the number. He didn't want to be the number nine. So they still haven't solved that problem. Look, if Tammy is the man, the main man, we'll have to wait and see. I think he probably will get the nod. But I don't think he will necessarily cause him as many troubles as a big Giroud would. So interesting who gets that ni- uh, nod at number nine. You okay. like Tammy, though? don't you? You're a big fan of him. Have been for a while. I, I am, but I think it's just a really big call at Old Trafford. If it was me, I'd be going with Giroud and I'd be playing to his strengths, getting the ball wide, getting it in the box, causing the likes of Lindelof, who I think struggle with aerial challenge, getting the ball into him in, in the box. Top stats for you. Chelsea haven't won at Old Trafford despite United's recent issues since 2013. One Matt got the goal, actually, for Chelsea in the 87th minute that day. They won by a goal to nil. Uh, big team news headlines. Bay uh, definitely out. Doubts persist over Pereira and Pogba, actually, who pulled out of a pre-season friendly last weekend top Chelsea stories here they will be better when they have Rudiger Ruben Loftus-Cheek Callum Hudson-Odoi both back Callum's back round about early September Rudiger late September Ruben Loftus-Cheek we're talking probably December I do want to see Reese James in that squad but probably not until the autumn I wouldn't have thought uh, now this season Tom me and our esteemed pro will lock down our predictions for the three biggest matches of the weekend and we'll do that after we've looked at Liverpool and Norwich and West Ham and Manchester City by the way, I want you to tweet us your predictions of those big three games as well at Sam Matterface and we will give you the ultimate praise on this programme to the listening millions should you get it right next week. Right, let's crack on. Sterling who shoots it underneath the goalkeeper and Alisson's made a fumble and it's squirmed behind him and it's into the net and Manchester City are off to a flying start in 2019-20. Towards the head of Matip who... Beautifully heads the ball past Claudio Bravo and into the back of the net. Henderson's ball to the far post. Van Dyke with the header across goal. Steps up. 
stutters, right-footed, slams it past the despairing dive of his compatriot. And Manchester City win the FA Community Shield on penalties against their arch-rivals Liverpool. I'll be commentating on the champions against West Ham for game day on TalkSport 12.30 Saturday. Tom Rennie, what's the story? Now, I am a West Ham fan. You know that. I feel happy coming clean about that. Um, But I am so gutted that we've got Man City on the opening weekend of the season because watching West Ham play Man City over the last four or five years reminds me of that feeling many of our listeners will know. When you've had a heavy weekend, you wake up, you're in Magaluf on your stag weekend with your pals and all you want is a lovely bacon sandwich and all there is in the apartment is the Sambuca from last night and someone puts that Sambuca in front of you and you think, oh God, get it away from me. That is how I feel about this fixture every time it comes around. Even in the Asia Cup, they smash West Ham for four. Uh, So I expect that to happen once again in this game. Look, I think West Ham this year, I'm optimistic. That is not in my nature. I like the look of Allaire up front. I think he's got all the attributes that Arnautovic had without the horrendous attitude. Fornals looks good, Lanzini I love, but he's got to stay fit for the first time in his West Ham career and Felipe Anderson too. The trouble is Pellegrini is going to play all four of those against a Manchester City side that we know is absolute world class. They've got so many options going forward. Uh, I love the look of Raheem Sterling in that central role. I know it was maybe just for the community shield and a bit of pre-season, but I'd like to see him do that a bit more. Uh, I think he looks absolutely fantastic in that position. The only issue for City going forward is defence. And I wonder who you guys think is going to be playing for the majority of this season in those central defensive roles. Laporte's probably out this weekend, so we're looking at Stones and Otamendi. No one has come in to, to fill that company role. So so what is the strongest pairing that, that we're going to see? Well, well I think the, the big issue, I think, for West Ham is if is their goalkeeper going to be fit? Yeah. Now, Fabianski's out. They've only got David Martin, who I saw concede a, a real blunder at the den, and um, Roberto. Yeah. And that, that is a big call against, against the champions at who had scored goals for fun and got the most fearsome front line in, in the whole of Europe. So, uh, big concerns. If I was City, I'd be thinking, right, where's West Ham's weaknesses? Well, you might, Tom, you might say there's, they've got quite a few at the back, but certainly I think in the full-back areas and especially maybe in, in the left-back area. So, I'd be thinking, right, Raheem Sterling, out him, get him, Raheem Sterling, working out wide. And if I was West Ham, I'd be thinking, right, where's City's weak link? Also, I think it's in fullback areas, and that might be Zinchenko. Well, the way that um, they played in the Community Shield with Sterling up front and Sane on one side and Bernardo on the other, I don't think they'll play like that when it comes to the Premier League because Aguero would have had another 10 days' worth of training and Sane's injured, probably. Knocking on the shoulder. Well, is you know, he injured? Is he injured? Yeah. Is he trying to get out? I don't know. Uh, but Sterling, I think, much more effective when he's playing on the wing. He's definitely not a, f- a full time striker. For me, you saw that when he was going through the middle one-on-one face with Allison and crumpled in a heap. Um, he's he's been brilliant, and they've worked so hard with him goal scoring wise. They have been doing that this summer as well. They know what they want to achieve with him, but he's better and more effective when he's arriving later in the box and from a wide position. Absolutely, he's, he's absolutely vital to their success, Raheem Sterling, and I think he will be. Uh, the one where you talked about the defensive issues that Manchester City might well have. They only conceded one more goal than Liverpool last campaign. They've added Rodri to their midfield to stiffen that up when Fernandinho isn't quite available for them but I do worry about the fact they've only got three real centre-backs haven't Mm. they really out and out centre-backs Laporte will be first choice every week when he is fit but when he's not it is Otamendi who steps in in his place and and I'm not necessarily sure uh, that he is as good as Manchester City would want and need they've also got a bit of an issue at left back they've signed Angelino who they bought back from their youth team he went to PSV they executed the buyback course he's a good left back but they've been using Zinchenko in that area and if it was me if there's one area in which 
West Ham can flourish is attacking him because I thought he looked a little bit shaky against Liverpool. He certainly did. And if you saw the community shield, I mean, when they were playing out with Bravo, it was always to Otamendi. And I'd be thinking, okay, that's fine. You go and do that. And Mm. if I was West Ham, I'd be trying to press them. Now, the only problem is with this new goalkeeper law, and I saw City do this so many times live last season, Mm. if you go and press them high, they make the pitch so big. And especially with this new law, once they get through you, that is it. It's the Guardiola law, isn't it? That's what it should be called. They've changed this. They've changed the rules of the game itself to accommodate the way Pep Guardiola plays football. Yeah, and that's going to be the challenge for West Ham. Do they go and press high? Do they sit off? I don't think really they've got the players to go and win it up high because I think they're going to leave themselves exposed. But we'll have to wait and see. And certainly I'll be looking at getting at Zinchenko. I'll be playing someone who's not really first choice. It might be someone like Mikel Antonio, whether he comes on. I don't know. He's got that physical power. He's brilliant at the back post. How many times have we seen attack balls that are hung up to the back post using his physical power? And I know Mikel because I played with him at Southampton. He's come on leaps and bounds. Look, we know Fornells is probably going to get the nod. But he's a little bit similar in size to Zinchenko physically. Mm. And I don't think that's really how you're going to get at him. You need to test him. You saw him at the back. Really poor header, wasn't there, in the community shield he didn't really know where he was he got his bearings all wrong Zinchenko if it's me I'll put someone tall physical powerful someone like Mikel Antonio up against him they've got some good um, forward players coming back as well I mean Yarmolenko was missing for most of last season him coming back into the squad is really important because he's not only a very good winger he's also quite a big physical specimen as well Uh, Friday night the season opener sees Liverpool take on Norwich David uh, are these two clubs you didn't play for uh (laughs) Yes. He oh, loves right, that okay. joke. He loves that one. Um, this guy's an Old expert. Old ones are the best. There look, we go. Look, this guy's an expert analyst, probably because he's played for pretty much every club in the in the league. So when he tells you what's going to happen, <laughs> take note. Dr. David Conley well, is I was, here. And I was paid as an analyst by a club, so there you go. <laughs> uh, take it away. What's going to happen between Liverpool and Norwich? Well, this is a really interesting game because obviously, uh, you know, the two managers, they didn't work together at Dortmund, but they kind of just didn't quite overlap. But they've got similar beliefs, similar philosophies. And Daniel Fart doesn't do anything really different to Jurgen Klopp I think he's just got maybe less players less ability less good players players aren't quite at that level of, of a Liverpool but they play a similar way they blew the championship away um, but actually they conceded as many goals as Forrest and Stoke um, a lot of them from set pieces somewhere like 17 and 20% of goals in the Premier League are, caught, are scored from set pieces so they have got vulnerabilities they barely spent any money mm. um, 750 grand on Sam Byram and I think last season they had a 5 million gross spend so we know right they are what they are this is them they are the Wolves now going up but I don't think they're going to be as good they concede far too many they're not going to have enough to stop this Liverpool slide which is slowly just evolving no great additions you know just a little sprinkling of youthful talent how do they approach this game? Well, I'll tell you what, how they played last season, Norris, they went and tried to win the ball up high and press and win the ball high back, a bit like the heavy metal sort of football that Jurgen Klopp's associated with. But he can't do that against Liverpool. They're just going to get through them. Uh, but Liverpool looks a little bit behind, actually, in terms of their pre-season fitness and concentration. Do you think so? on I Sunday. thought they came on strong in the second really half. They did. Exactly. But in the, in the first the half, half, when they played the first choice defence, and actually when they had most of their first choice players on the pitch, because actually I think they got better and better as they started to make their substitution in the second half. They actually looked a little bit out of tune, especially that back four. And I just wondered whether or not Norwich might benefit from going there earlier in the season rather than later when everything's all sorted. I think if they get their nose, if they come away here with any Anything like a, a nil-nil or a, a low defeat. It ain't going to be nil-nil. This it is going <laughs> to be a bonus for them. So if I was them, I'd be trying to keep the score down as much as I can. Because one thing you want to do when you go in a Premier League, you don't want to get heavily beaten in that first game. You know, and they are going to be coming up against the... Oh, 
toughest possible opponent that you could come up against. But you said it, Daniel Farker isn't the kind of manager, Farker, he's going to go out there and put like five at the back, four in midfield, lump it forward, work the channels. That is not what they're going to do. That's no, not what they did last year and he's not going to change that, I don't well, want to we'll say see. philosophy, but philosophy. Yeah, but we, we will see because, you know, look, going back to Frank Lombard, he played a certain way when he first took over. First game for Derby, uh, tried to play out a beautiful game against Reading, nearly got, nearly got, cost him mm. played again the second game against Leeds lost 4-0 he quickly changed now I'm not saying Daniel Farker is, is, is going to be like that but if he tries to be bold and brave against the size of Liverpool look, he's, he would have seen the likes of Liverpool man so he ripped teams apart he knows that he can't do that and he'll know that he conceded enough goals to be 7th in the championship does a thrashing he, do him a favour if they lose 8-0 to Liverpool on Friday night football do you think there's a chance that they might learn well, more from that than a, a dogged 0-0 draw they're not going to I don't think they're going to lose 8-0 no, they're not going to lose 8-0 well, but why also, not? well they're not going to lose 8-0 because because they'll probably score a goal. 8-1. <laughs> we'll take 8-1. I don't think that, one, when we look at the Premier League opening days, a lot of goals are scored on opening night because people were still not at full tilt. And mm. Liverpool would have been involved in some really high-scoring opening weeks of the season, though, historically, and go back to the Arsenal game a couple of seasons ago. However, this is a team that in Norwich that have been preparing for this day and this day only for the last six or seven weeks. Whereas Liverpool actually may well have been thinking about the Community Shield, they may well be thinking about the Super Cup, they may well be thinking about the game that they've got coming up in the next couple of weeks against Arsenal. There's a lot more to think about with, with Liverpool. Norwich concentrated on this match and making sure they get through it. I actually think that it will, I think Liverpool will win it. I think there's probably not much doubt of that. There's an 80% chance that Liverpool will come away with all three points. But I do think Norwich will get on the score sheet. You've got to remember, a lot of these players for Liverpool, the likes of Firmino and Salah, played less than 90 in the whole preseason, yeah. yeah, Mane, for example, with Africa Cup of Nations, so they are going to be slow starters, and that's fine, you know, because they haven't had this big rest. Now, obviously, Norwich have, but they've got real issues at centre half. I know Ben Godfrey, terrific talent. He's only twenty-one. Mm. The two young fullbacks are terrific. But he's a super but they're talent. Only, they're, yeah, but they're only kids. Yeah, you're asking an awful lot of this very youthful back four. They've got question marks in the centre of defence. Look, I love Norwich. I thought they're outstanding how they played last season, but the the back four and the goalkeeper, whether it's Tim Krul or a new signing from Germany they've both played the same amount of minutes pre-season so who that number one Fair is going to be in goal yeah. we don't know that is an awful challenge for that back four and goalkeeper uh, Dermic is not really a goal scorer they've signed him yeah. Puki obviously is he going to make the step up I mean Dermic has got six goals in 41 for Borussia Mönchengladbach six in 26 for Leverkusen before that and I don't know whether or not Puki can uh, score uh, that many goals at this sort of level okay let's lock down our big games of the week Matterface Rennie Connolly Lock it down So Tom, me and whoever is in the pro chair this week is David Connolly is going to pick their result of the three big games this week We'll start off with Manchester United against Chelsea These two sides will produce an interesting game an open game It's the toughest game of a light start in terms of fixtures for me the last time the gaffers went head to head was May 2004 they were on the pitch at the time it finished a draw at Old Trafford and I'm going for a score draw here I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs a win on the opening weekend of the season Frank Lampard if his team wins send out a real message they are a team to be taken seriously this season I see goals I see attacking football I will take a victory for Chelsea Ooh. I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I think Solskjaer, I think Oli's going to go for it, play the attacking, free-flowing football that the fans demand up there. I can only see one one result here, and that's a home win. Oh, interesting. OK, let's move on to West Ham against Manchester City, another uh, game day games. Biggest worry for me is Lucas Fabianski. 
He's had an injury. Is he in or is he out? Even if he is in the team, he's not 100% fit. I'm panicking for West Ham, who, by the way, have added well going forward, but not in defence where they needed to. City all day long for me. Sorry, Tom. Yeah, another railing for West Ham at the hands of Man City, I think. I'll take a City win. And luckily, I'm not putting a score in because it would be double figures, I fear. I can only see an away victory here. I think City with the steel and the grit that they showed, even in the Community Shield, I mean, they're here to win it this season. Again, make it three in a row. I think it could be three in a row here. Man City away win. Friday night, Liverpool uh, against Norwich City. Liverpool are going to win this game, but Norwich City are going to get on the score sheet. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be entertaining. There's going to be a lot to talk about from it, but it's a home win. I have no confidence in a Norwich goal in this game. I have big confidence in a big Liverpool win. I can only see a Liverpool home victory here. I think that Norwich are going to find it tough. They're going to add to the Premier League, but I'm afraid they're not going to come home with any points here. Home win. We'll process those results every single week. Stick it into a league table and then at the end of the season someone will walk away with a fantastic prize. Ooh! I wonder what that prize will be. Maybe a packet of cheese and onion crisps or something. Armenian wine I think would be nice. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Saturdays are game day on TalkSport this weekend and every weekend we have three games back to back from the Premier League. Our 5.30 this week stars the Champions League finalists. Michelle Owen from Sky Sports spends her time in the Midlands and the South West. She's a closet Villa fan as well. So let's look ahead to the rebirth of Aston Villa in the Premier League after three years away. Michelle, how are you doing? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Sam. Excited for the season. You must be very excited about uh, the return of Aston Villa. They've spent a small fortune in the transfer market, but how are they going to play? 
Well, Dean Smith in charge sort of only has one way of playing, and that's an attacking style of play. Anyone that saw them in the championship last year will know they like to go at teams, and really they only recycle the ball when they feel like there's nothing else on. I can't see that changing too much in the Premier League. Yeah, 12 new signings, but they did release nine players as well. They have spent big, but they needed to bring some players in. Uh, They've still got the heart of their midfield, John McGinn and Jack Grealish. They've added quality further forward. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how hot affairs in the Premier League. He's Mm. a player that Dean Smith had at Brentford, of course. Uh, Defence well, defensively, I think they look really good. They've got Tyrone Mings and Courtney Hawes now permanently. Uh, they've signed Tom Heaton this week in goal. I, I do hope Jed Steer gets a chance at some point. But when you look up and down the squad now, the depth looks like it is there to compete in the Premier League. Uh, Tammy Abraham scored 25 goals in the Championship. Where are the goals going to come from this season? Uh, depends how they play. I'd imagine they're still play three up top. So they've signed Wesley from Club Bruges. He had a record of 19 goals in 54 appearances for them. So his record's pretty decent. So if Dean Smith plays three up top, I'd expect Wesley through the middle and then Anwar Al-Ghazi one side like last season and maybe Hotter will go the other. So they shouldn't struggle too much for goals. Of course, Tammy Abram is a massive loss, but I think he'll do well for Chelsea this season. Michelle, you mentioned a couple of players that were fantastic for Villa last season. Everyone loves Jack Grealish, low socks and wonderful hair. McGinn was phenomenal as well, some great goals, such a talented player. The step up to the Premier League from being the outstanding players in the Championship is a tough one. Do you think that they have the ability, the confidence to lead this side to not just survival in the Premier League, but better than that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Jack Grealish, it's sort of poetic, really, isn't it? He almost went to Spurs. He pretty much wave goodbye if you remember that goodbye to the Villa fans when he waved everyone thought he was going to Spurs and now the first Premier League game he will play back in the Premier League for Aston Villa is against Spurs now when he came back from injury last season Villa won 10 games in a row with him that's how important he was six goals and seven assists they're good statistics but the way he plays and he's so stylish on the ball I love the way he plays in midfield just keeps things ticking over and then John McGinn you mentioned there he's a live wire he chases everything down he can finish he's full of energy and don't forget as well they've got Conor Hurahan who was a key player last season and they've added Douglas Louise Mm. who looks like a really good signing so competition for places in that midfield is going to be really really difficult for Dean Smith to pick one of them but for me Jack Grealish has to start he's Villa through and through he's the captain and he he's definitely Premier League quality he's in my fantasy football team (laughs) (laughs) Um, they were outstanding for the last few months of the season no doubt about that Dean Smith got them clicking beautifully after coming in for Steve Bruce in the early part of the season David they've got to deal with Tottenham on the first day of the campaign at home Tottenham in their brand new stadium it's a real baptism of fire isn't it but the one positive I suppose is there's no Son there's no Ali and there's a little bit of confusion about who's going to play it right back for Tottenham yeah there is but I think going to Villa Park is going to be a really tough challenge I mean you know on its day it can be a really intimidating place to play I think Dean Smith's done a tremendous job but as you say he's playing the Spurs side they've still got a few question marks over them now if he can gel all those players together Dean as he has done previously against a Tottenham side who I think can be slow starters then I think they've got a real chance here what do you think about Tottenham who are they they going to play at right back well one fourth was doing it wasn't he before the injury he got injured in that Audi (laughs) Cup it sort of killed their plans I think but it did seem like he was going to be the starting fullback I don't know what happened to Serge Aurier I'm not quite sure why he got bombed out to such a degree but it's not just injury with him it seems like they don't fancy him they didn't fancy Trippier so he has gone so you've only got to look at Carl Walker-Peters. That is it now for senior, potentially for the first six months of the season. He has got to play there or and they're going to find to, someone to do it. Prior to this podcast going out, I mean, they're talking about 
Carl Walt-Peak is probably going on loan to Crystal Palace. That has they been muted. I mean, as we know, we don't know as we record whether it's happened, but you cannot let your only actual fullback who's at the club and can play in week one, you can't let him go out. That would be an insane thing to have done. Well, it would be, but to be honest, I've made a couple of errors, I think, for example, when Bailey left last January and they didn't really have any other cover. They've let Trippier go a little bit too early, obviously banking on maybe, you know, that right-back position being filled, but obviously the injury now, I don't know, I just wonder whether that, that might come back to haunt them because really he can't play any other way. He doesn't have rampaging, marauding wing-backs anymore necessarily, so I don't think that is one for its position, certainly when obviously if he's injured. No. So I think he's got it all to do, certainly at the back, so there'll be hope, I think, here for Villa. Uh, well, if you want a little bit of an omen for the Spurs fans, Chris Kavanagh is the referee on Saturday night and Spurs have a 100% record when he takes charge of them. Mm. Sorry, Michelle. Um, <laughs> and Michelle also spent a bit of time with Wolves last season. Let's look at their game with Leicester, who I'm very hot on this campaign. I like them a lot. I like Brendan Rodgers and what he's tried to do with his team. He had a relatively good impact towards the end of last season, got them to finish ninth. I think they'll fin- finish higher up this season. Tell me how Wolves cope with a small squad, loads more games and a second season in the Premier League where everybody knows what they are going to do. Well... I think they've still got the quality and they have brought in eight players in this window. Uh, Patrick Catrone, he looks like a, a big signing for them up top. And yeah, they defied all the expectations last season by finishing seventh and, and best of the rest. And I expect Leicester again to be right there with them. Like you say, I reckon Brendan Rodgers is going to do a great job there. But they've had a good pre-season. They won the Premier League Asia Trophy. I think they beat Newcastle 4-0. And then they beat Manchester City on penalties. Yes, it's only pre-season, but those are all good signs. They've brought in this uh, 22-year-old Jesus uh, Vallejo hopefully I'm saying that right he's on loan from Real Madrid from Real Madrid yeah Vallejo so you can say it um, I'm practicing you know he, he he was massive for Spain in the European under 21 uh, this summer as well so he's going to bring depth to their defence so even though on paper their squad might look a bit thin I still think they've got plenty of quality in there and you know they've still got Ruben Neves who was their player of the season and Jan Martino yeah they did used to play a lot on the counter-attack last season and I do think teams might become more wise to that so they might have to find a few other ways of playing but I still fancy Wolves to do well this season Mm. Well this is interesting because this is a a battle of two teams really that want to be and obviously Wolves are competing in the Europa League and Leicester should be I saw them in the Europa League commentated on them last week they were absolutely superb Raul Jimenez Diego Jota Neves I mean they just roll Moutinho they roll off the tongue I mean they're absolutely class they really are and I think they're going to have a real stellar season those two should be competing for, I think for the best of the rest um, Brendan Rodgers looks to have got Leicester tuned up though in pre-season I just wonder how much that 6,370 mile round trip is going to affect Wolves because they're going to Armenia before they go to to Leicester City. I mean, not two destinations you usually sort of associate with one another. Uh, but uh, well, Armenia is the home to uh, the world's o- oldest winery. Did you know that? I do now. Uh, Leicester, Leicester to leave them a bit groggy, do you think, <laughs> on Sunday? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they'll be punch drunk. But I think hey. it's going to be. Hey, I think it's going to be a tight game. These two and both of these sides have got really. You got to remember they're similar. Got really ambitious owners, haven't they? Really ambitious mm. who want to be competing. They want to be playing Europa League football. They're not a Burnley who can't wait to get out of it. This is where they see themselves dining at that table. And I think it's going to be maybe a with a nice game. glass of wine. Maybe from with a nice glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, Diego Jota has scored four goals in five. Five games against Leicester, including a hat-trick in that thriller between the two last season. So he might be in for a good day. Cheers, Michelle. Thank you very much, guys. Five down, five to go. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. 
Andrew Butler is the Sun's Dream Team editor. How are you doing? You're right. Very well, thanks. Sam. Thanks How for coming to the studio. We appreciate it. You've been looking at some of the new signings and uh, people that could make an impact in the Burnley Southampton game this weekend for us. Yeah, Burnley Southampton. Well, the first thing you've got to say about Burnley Southampton is it can't be as boring as the first game of last season. It was between <laughs> the same teams, a nil-nil draw, and those games are not appropriate for August fixtures. You can still get to games in your shorts and your t-shirt. Leave the nil-nils till December or January. Anyway, the players that I really like the look of, Nathan Redmond. Now, I can't look at Nathan Redmond without seeing Pep Guardiola's face still looming <laughs> over him from December 2017. <laughs> but he won the Player of the Year award, scored nine goals and six assists last season, and he looks like a reinvigorated character uh, under Ralph Hussenhutl as well. So I like the look of, uh, of Nathan Redmond. Uh, as for Burnley, well, Burnley... They're still here, aren't they? I mean, they're still in the Premier League. Yeah. You're not a fan. Um, You're not a fan of Burnley. Not particularly. I think it's fair to say that you know. They're, well, they're, why is that? You, they, you don't think they're easy on the eye? They're not easy. They on don't the give eye. you enough points in Dream Team. What is it? Yeah, they're, they're you know few and far between for getting points on Dream Team. Leave the Burnley players at home, and uh, I just feel like Burnley are a club that in a hundred years' time, thanks to the advances in medical uh, <laughs> treatments, we'll all be sat here still in the studio <laughs> and uh, and thinking, yep, Burnley is still in the Premier League and they're still going to finish 15th as well. Anyway, for me, Chris Wood probably is the man. Um, good season last year, scored goals, season. crucial goals. You know, he had a fine season in a fairly mediocre Burnley, Burnley side. They obviously got um, a bit done over by the fact that they had to play Europa League early on in the season. But Chris Wood will probably do the business again for them this season. Do you still think that he'll be the main striker with Jay Rodriguez re-signed? Well, I mean, Jay Rodriguez, I think, is symptomatic of uh, the sort of signing that Burnley wanted. Sean Dyche was after Jay Rodriguez for a long time, which um, tells you all that you want to know about uh, Sean Dyche and uh, a, a Dyche team. But maybe, maybe not. You're so harsh on Burnley. You're really down on them. They, they were, were. They were. They did finish in Europa League last season. But, you know, I think they're better than maybe the dream team. They're not quite a nightmare team. I'm not saying no. they're a dream team, but they're not quite a nightmare Very team. Very nicely done. There's a trophy right there. But what I would say is one player I would definitely put in, and he started the last. 19 Premier League games he was absolutely outstanding pivotal when they're up turn was Dwight McNeil Hmm. he is a terrific talent plays out wide it doesn't matter who's playing up top he's in the team he was superbly brilliant against Wolves he was superb for England at the too long tournament so he might be a little dark horse that I've had in as well Um, Jay Rodriguez has played a lot of minutes in pre-season as well for Burnley that's worth factoring in so is Che Adams for Southampton he looks like a lively signing as well doesn't he and and, and they need someone like him seeing as James Ward-Prowse was their joint top goal scorer last season yeah I mean Jay Rodriguez uh, sorry not Jay Rodriguez Che Adams they've got very similar names Che and Jay um, (laughs) spelled entirely different sounds like a a great partnership (laughs) he's a very exciting talent he's an excellent signing for for Southampton I think and he's he's only 23 but he's played over 160 league games already in his career he's got a lot of minutes under the belt he plays like an experienced striker Um, he partnered with Lukas Jukovic uh, at Birmingham the last couple of years Funnily enough, I went to school with Lukas Jukovic and uh, every time I watched Che Adams in the championship last couple of years, I thought maybe it could have been me. I look at myself in the mirror again, I think it probably shouldn't have been me. Because <laughs> Can I, I ask what before. class you were in with Lukas? Uh, it was maths. Oh, it of was course maths. it is. And, um, That's how you went into Dream Team metrics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Lukas was better at PE. Yeah, yeah m- m- better but, at PE. but maybe he looks at you and thinks it could have been me. It you never know. Perhaps, perhaps. Dream Team editor. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Watford Brighton. Um, Another Saturday afternoon kickoff. Um, we're going to see more goals involved in Brighton this season, aren't we? Because they've got a new manager who wants to play. 
Yeah, Graham Potter's I think a really shrewd um, uh, a shrewd acquisition from for Brighton. I think it'll be really interesting to see just what they do because with Chris Hewton, you knew what you were getting with him. It was going to be uh, he's a very reliable manager. It was Burnley esque though the football, wasn't it? It was a bit Burnley esque, and that will be interesting to see if uh, if if Graham Potter kind of brings in an attacking style of play, goes for it like he did with um, Ustersons and with Swansea or if he plays it a bit safer but um, they've they've signed Leandro Trossard, Trossard from uh, from Genk he got 17 goals last season looks like a decent signing and uh, and yeah we'll, we'll wait to see really what happens with Brighton they've got a plethora of centre-halves so mm. I, I don't know who you'd put in there in terms of who's going to play I'm sure there'll be one in one out but for me they've signed the best player best striker in the championship in Neil Mopé yeah 25 goals last season I think there or thereabouts yeah, in all 8 or 9 assists and yeah. he missed he missed he could have easily added chances, 10 or yeah. 12 on top of that if his finishing improves and he's only 22 I think he's an amazing so I think I think finally they might have got the front man that they've been wanting for so long maybe to take over the mantle from Yeah Glenn he Murray. was brilliant he was brilliant at Brentford Mope and uh and like you say, missed a few opportunities. But I think with those sort of strikers, you see it actually with a player like Aubameyang. He scores loads of goals. He does miss a few, but he gets in those opportunities all the time. Uh, talking of missing a few, yeah. uh, Ali Reza Jahanbach missed a few games last season, didn't he? Yeah. Or he? Well, actually, he was on the team sheet and he was on the pitch, but he didn't really do much. Um, he's been well trumpeted, though, because this is a guy who won the golden boot in the Erie Divisi this season before last. However, they didn't make the most of him or he didn't settle properly is he going to have a better season this time around well we wait and see I mean I'm I'm very keen to start the uh, where is Alarissa Johanbach campaign because will he play will he not will he be used in the right way I think Hewton uh, I've I've seen some Brighton fans complain that Hewton didn't really use him in the proper way he's an out and out winger comes in and, uh, and, and does his business that way whereas Hewton wanted him to play sort of all around the pitch he got 22 goals in the era division like you said Sam and 14 assists phenomenal player for mm. AZ Alkmaar and then he comes to this country and just goes completely missing what is he good at I can't work out what he's good at because he's not fast it doesn't seem like he can shoot he can't head particularly well he's got no set position what's he good at well we don't well we don't know but what was he good <laughs> at for AZ Alkmaar like did he have a good I mean he scored goals but how were those goals scored I don't get anyone that Brighton has bought in the last two years I don't understand who's making these purchases well I think David Proper did work out for them I think he's been a good good sign in midfield but I agree Yahan Bax he normally plays off off the wing cuts inside yeah. you know a bit like a I guess in, in Holland would be I think Robin has a little bit of speed doesn't he but yeah he, he does but he doesn't mm. to be honest he didn't suit the way that, that Brighton played last season too too defence-minded in this 4-2-3 one. like to see him play a bit more expansive, but look, they were no attacking through it at all last season. So I think Potter obviously needs to sort of create a little bit of magic down And when you're talking about course. who's signing the players, Dan Ashworth is in now. He's the technical director. So from what now on, what happens is, is that he puts his stamp on that team, on that club, and on their philosophy going forward. Um, I think they still might struggle this campaign, Brighton. Yeah. I don't know about you. I think they'll concede more goals than they did last year because they won't be as tight at the back. They'll be a little bit more open. And I actually think that when it comes to it, they'll lose games against the bigger boys by a lot more than they did even last year. Uh, I thought Watford might struggle as well. I don't know what you think about that. They've signed Craig Dawson. That's their main summer signing. I mean, I'm not Snapchatting about it. Are you? No, I mean, I think they're, they're, <laughs> they're um, linked with uh, Decore leaving, which I think would be a huge blow. 
I think they need to keep Everton hold of him. Everton ended their interest, though. Yeah, well, I think for Watford fans, they'll be delighted with that because he's he's arguably their standout player. And they've got loads of creative talent. I don't think they'll struggle. I think they'll be I think they'll be competing in and around the top 10, which I think is really good for them. I Have think... they got better than last year, though? There's no improvement there. You mentioned Craig Dawson. No one else is particularly exciting of those players. Half that squad are always injured. Pereira is always injured. I think he's a quality player, but he's at Watford because he only plays 15 games a year. You're again relying on Troy Deeney from set pieces. Another yep. season of that. No, but I think, look, they've stumbled upon... I think stumbled is the right word, the right manager. It seems a very happy club, a happy team. And for a long time, that hasn't been the case. They all seem, all the players seem like they really care. They really want to fight for that football club. So I think they'll be comfortable in and around mid-table. Mm. Top 10, I think it'd be terrific for them. I think the most telling thing about Watford this season, Javi Gracia is the first manager who's stayed on throughout the, the summer since 2014. <sighat> Look at that. Well done, Javi. And that's that's stayed stayed since Gianfranco Zola, they haven't had a manager who's Unemployed been there for by two January. years in a row. Right, he might be, but I think that's the thing. Consistency is the key. And you see that time and time again in the Premier League. They might not have improved as such by only making one signing, but they've got a team there that made, made the FA Cup final last year. So And embarrassed uh, themselves at Wembley. Quite, and that is the one thing that a lot of people remember. <laughs> Sorry, from Watford season. fans, but that's but they'll the facts. hold on to Decore. Deeney, you know, is still a great player. De La Feo showed signs of what he actually can do if he gets a run of games as well. I yeah, think they'll, they'll be, be right. fine. They will. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Well, Watford fans certainly will be happy about the fact that they went to Wembley last year. They they enjoyed their day out, even if they got absolutely hammered. Andrew, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you very much. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Three more matches to go. Let's start with Newcastle against Arsenal on Sunday. New manager, new signings. There was a social media campaign encouraging this match to be abandoned by supporters in pre-season at St James Park. Uh, but since then, they've spent 40 million quid on Joel Linton, who scored on his first start for them against Hibs, and they've bought in one or two others as well. Jetro Williams, the left back, has come in. Maximim on the on the wing. They've kept hold of Almiron. David, what's going to happen here? Because Arsenal have also spent money, haven't they? But in the wrong areas. Well, look, for Newcastle, uh, on Tyneside, side, the tide has turned slightly. I mean, it seems like a happy place now. Steve Bruce is... Oh, that's, uh, yeah. that, that might be over-egging it. Well, I don't know. I mean, the players are certainly... We love Ashley. We well, do. Come may, on. Maybe not him, but... Join in, Geordies. Yeah, the players certainly <laughs> seem happy. I mean, it seems, you know, they've gone from maybe a manager who's a little bit distant and aloof to someone who's who's very open. He's, 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 he's got the banter, the personality, uh, his open-door policy. The players seem really happy, and that's so important. Look, the results pre-season have been decent he's playing with two strikers which is an upturn and I, and I think actually if they get going and get firing and as you say Jolinton if he is this new number nine and delivers with a front two or more attacking front foot football I don't know I think the fans will be happy so this 3-5-2 whether we'll see that key to Newcastle the key is their midfield I mean last season uh, Man City struggled to break them down. That, certainly their defensive midfielders, Isaac Hayden, Sean Longstaff, looks like John Joe Shelby as well will be in there. That midfield three, formidable. Doesn't matter what, what formation they played, that three are going to be key for Newcastle. They kept Longstaff. Up against an Arsenal slide who, I don't know, I think they've got a couple of issues, certainly at the back. This is going to be a really entertaining game. And uh, do you know what? I, I fancy that Newcastle might surprise a few this season, starting with this game. A couple of issues at the back. I mean, they're going to still play Monreal, who's 33, they're going to play... Well, they haven't got Hector Bellerin at the moment because he's still injured. They're going to play Ainsley Maitland-Niles who scored an own goal the other day against Barcelona. The two centre-halves are going to be Socrates Papastadopoulos and uh, Skodron Mustafi. Oh. Or Callum Chambers. 
or, or Callum, Callum Chambers, Chambers yeah. or Fulham's auxiliary midfielder. Rob Holding will probably be that second central defender when he's fit, but he's not going to be fit for the opening weekend. They will get a little bit of protection, won't they? Because they've got that new signing from Real Madrid who's called... My name is Dani Ceballo, but you me podéis llamar Dani. Oh, we can just call him Danny, Dan- I Danny's think he fine. said. We can do that. Um, Danny Ceballo. Danny Ceballo. Um, who's oh, coming from uh, Real Madrid. And Pepe as well but yeah. he's training on his own and isn't fully fit for the first Pete, Pete, weekend of the season yeah meant to be one of the quickest players you, you're ever going to see one player I wonder who probably won't be travelling would be Mesut Ozil is he going to play will he play away from will he go all the way to Newcastle now I don't know if you saw his pass to a bang miang against uh, Barcelona, Barcelona yeah. I think it was Beautiful pass, lovely touch, control, swivel. What a finish from Aubameyang. But basically, he never plays up north. He did last season. I think he scored in a 2-1. But other than that, I think that's his only start up north in Newcastle since he signed in 2013. Will he play? You know, what are they going to do? Is he going to play because they've got no one else, really? As you say, they've got holes, they've got issues all over the park. Wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle really upturned the books here and got a positive result and even nicked the win. I think he'll be playing up north rather soon, actually, but probably North America yeah. uh, more than anywhere <laughs> else um, fifth in the Europa League final was the return last year can you see them doing any better than that this year I think there's low hanging fruit to be grabbed in the Premier League by the likes of Everton Leicester Wolves and Arsenal are certainly that going forward they're going to be phenomenal I've seen Pepe a couple of times and he is incredibly fast nimble feet he'll score goals I think he'll be a centre forward as well in a few years time we know about Aubameyang we know about Lacazette potentially injured for this weekend but he will score goals his campaign defence a massive issue they're going to concede over 50 goals I can see them being picked for top six Never mind top four for them. Okay, they finished with 51 goals against in the last two seasons. 35 of those last campaign came away from home. Um, One clean sheet on their travels. That was against a Watford team that were down to 10 men after Troy Deeney had got sent off. So Newcastle are going to score, right? Yeah, they're going to score. And the, the, I guess the problem for Arsenal and Arsenal fans is the paucity of options. There's none there. Koscielny's gone, obviously ripped one shot off. He's, no. he's now got another one on. Um, <laughs> what are they going to do at the back? It's a real struggle. And I think if Newcastle play on the front foot, really aggressive, get the ball into the box, make them defend, then I think they're going to have real joy here. Let's not take the mick out of people who've got new jobs or new projects this season because there's a few of us that are doing that. Um, right, let's move on to Bournemouth against Sheffield United. In the last uh, 10 seasons, 11 of the promoted teams have been relegated straight back to the championship but in Chris Wilder Sheffield United have got an innovative manager I think they can get off to a really good start against Bournemouth at the weekend because their team have got injuries Lewis Cook chief amongst those Uh, Lloyd Kelly I don't know if he's going to be ready for the weekend either there's a doubt about him but admittedly they do have one of the best players in the championship from last season Harry Wilson let's hope he's fit what a signing I think that is absolutely fantastic I'm surprised he's not figuring for Liverpool this season Harry Wilson tremendous I think Sheffield United I'm really looking forward to them in the Premier League because they showed real tactical nous on the Wilder in the Championship. So tell me, are we going to see the overlapping Sheffield United centre-backs making an appearance? I think we will, certainly against Bournemouth. I think they'll show respect to them, but they're going to go for it. He's got a British core. That's what His model, his template is Burnley, I think. That's what he's looking at, Chrissy Wilder. Wouldn't surprise me if they compete. I think they are going to find it hard, but I think what he's done with the signings, he's got players that can compete at that level. If they do drop down, they'll bounce straight back up. Tom, who are you going to obliterate in this game? <laughs> Before we do that, I do just want to mention Ravel Morrison. I've got to mention him really, really briefly. Signed for Sheffield United. I absolutely love this guy. What a talented footballer he is uh, when he's got you know, the fake teeth in and he's got the big smile and the wonderful skills. I love this guy and I think he could be a real hit for Sheffield United this year and I fancy them to stay up. I'm saying it right now. 
Okay, what about the game? I think the game delivers. Bournemouth will attack, Sheffield United will attack, and I quite fancy Sheffield United to pull off that first day of the season shock, the Huddersfield at Crystal Palace kind of shock. I like the look of them, I like their players, I like their manager. I think they're going to do well. I worry about Bournemouth, you know. This season is number seven for Eddie Howe at uh, Dean Court. And um, they started well last season, didn't they? And if they hadn't started well, they would have been in serious trouble because they had an absolutely terrible blip from midwinter onwards. Um, they let in 70 goals last year. 70, that's a huge mm. number. A uh, big stat of the weekend for me is that Sheffield United are Bournemouth's bogey team. Did you know this? They have won, Sheffield United, 10 of the last 11 games against Bournemouth. And I definitely didn't read that beforehand. I just fancied the Blades before inherently. I didn't Stick read the pack. Honest. them in your accumulator. They've got some tremendous... I mean, you forget about the likes of Ryan Fraser. He is a tremendous winger. They managed to keep hold of him. He might not be happy, but he's, he's still there. He's going to leave next year on a he's free transfer. There. But he's still... If I was the likes of Arsenal or somebody like that, I would have been signing him. Yeah. But the fact Bournemouth has still got him, I mean, that, that's the sort of quality Sheffield United don't really possess. Crystal Palace traditionally start very slowly and Everton look up for the charge, Tom. Yeah, I really fancied this game uh, this weekend uh, Crystal Palace up against Everton uh, with Palace we record the programme before the transfer window closes their season is as simple as this if Wilfred Zahar is still there and he plays this weekend they'll do well and they will survive this season if Wilfred Zahar is gone by the time the transfer window closes I think they'll struggle all campaign long there's nothing else in that squad that particularly excites me defensively they can look good when Sacco and Tompkins are together but they are never together and James Tompkins out again this weekend so I wouldn't fancy them depending on the Zahar situation for Everton I love the look of some of the players they've brought in and everyone I've spoken to Italian football journalists everyone has said Moise Keane Moise Ken let's get it right Il mio nome è Moise Keane Moise Keane I'll get it right Keane I like Keane up front for Everton big it's fan of it David Moyes, Roy Keane Il mio nome è Moise Keane It's all there Two isn't it Manchester Keep it together United legends <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the fans will love that one. Um, so I like the look of him. I think that uh, he is going to be converted into a central uh, forward role. He'll kind of rotate that with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, a player I think has got a big season ahead of him. I like him a lot. Uh, so I quite fancy Everton for this game uh, and I fancy them for a good season personally. OK, um, I like the idea of them signing Moyes Keane. They added goals, which was really important because towards the end of last season, they started to keep clean sheets. And even in pre-season, they've been doing that but not scoring enough. I like Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. He gives him a focal point. I think he's a good player, but it will take the pressure off him in terms of goal scoring. They've got some good wing players. Richarlison's a fantastic uh, player. Walcott, they've still got on the books. I know that he is not everybody's <laughs> cup of tea, but they've Bernard. got Geoffrey Sigurdsson, Bernard. Yep. They've got a very good squad. And Fabian Delph, I know he's not going to be available for the first week of the season or even a couple of them, but he's going to be a massive influence in that dressing room as well, and they're going to need that. The one issue is centre-backs absolutely but look I think Zuma is a real blow for them but remember they signed Gomez too they've got real accomplished players in the middle of the park I know that Idrissa Gay's gone which I think is a real blow I mean yeah. no one else plays that sort of way for Everton I know he might not be the one to make the big raking passes but he can certainly break things up and um, I, I think they're going to have a good team Moise Kent I agree if that is his surname um, we can play his surname again you just said it wrong again Moise Keane Moise Keane Moise Keane like, you know, two Manchester United David Moise Roy Ma- Keane legends oh, yeah. Red Devils legends I think he's going to be a great signing 
Do you know, I, I think he's going to do terrific. In midfield as well, you, he can't play this weekend, I don't think, but Jean-Philippe Gabamin from Mainz they brought in uh, mm. this summer to replace uh, Adrissa Garno, who was a fantastic talent, gone to PSG. Uh, it's all on that. It's all on him. If they're going to make the top six this year, maybe higher for Everton, it's how good he actually is. Seen him a few times in Germany. I'm not sure he's at that kind of level, but we shall see. I mean, Marcel Brands is having his stamp on this team, isn't he? Because uh, after a few of their signings, you'd have to question them. Certainly, the likes of Luca Dina. He's the sporting Everton, director, there, yeah. yeah. Luca Dina, for example, that was one of the first ones. You go, you know what? Brilliant Winner. signing. Yeah. And um, they kept him as well. Yep. Um, what about Crystal Palace? I'm a bit fearful about Roy Hodgson and his team. They haven't invested in the right areas. They've lost Juan Basaka. Even if they have kept Wilfred Zaha, I don't think he's going to be particularly happy about being there. Um, and everyone's talking about the introduction of VAR and how it's going to mean that Luka Milivojevic ends up as the top goal scorer because there'll just be penalties galore. But I don't think that's actually going to happen. If you look at the stats from Italy and from Spain where they've had over a season of VAR now, um, then you know, you've got a situation where actually no penalties increase. I think, look, I know everyone's going to have their worries about Palace, but if you look at their last six results, they won four out of them in the Premier League. So they'll be going into this season trying to think back to that, thinking, right, remember those results? They won away brilliantly. Do you remember at Arsenal? They had a few other cracking results. Mm. I think they will find it tough, certainly against Everton. Um, and I am fearful for them because I don't really think they have the depth, the squad depth. OK, well, Wilfred Zahar submitted a transfer request on Thursday. Whether or not that was honoured, we shall find out. Uh, a couple of other breaking news bits before we leave that we should probably talk about. Coutinho didn't go to Spurs. He turned down the opportunity of a loan move, which obviously is going to be um, something that's going to disappoint Maurizio Pochettino. But Watford did sign Danny Welbeck. Oh. So well done to Danny Welbeck because we were asking a little bit earlier on whether we thought that Watford had enough going forward. <laughs> Maybe Danny Welbeck will be the man that ensures they don't have any problems at all. I'm I- so pleased that's happened because I felt the inevitability <laughs> of Danny Welbeck signing for West Ham for the last yep. five for six years so I'm pleased for him I'm pleased for Watford uh, and just like Javi Grazia it'll be out by Christmas Gents thank you very much that's the first edition of the Game Day Preview Pod remember Game Day 11 o'clock this Saturday on TalkSport with live commentary from West Ham against Manchester City at 12.30 Crystal Palace Everton is on TalkSport 2 at 3 o'clock and Tottenham against Villa at 5.30 you can rate and review this podcast and subscribe as well via your podcast provider thanks for listening we'll be back with you very shortly That was a game day Premier League preview show, a TalkSport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.